Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Great to see you today. We are finishing Ruth. It's going to be wonderful. It's already wonderful. It's wonderful to be in church. I love being in God's house. During the week, I was praying in my office about a situation. We, not when I say we, I don't mean me. I mean we are facing, which is not unusual for me to do. I pray regularly. I'm sure you do too. And I was praying, and sometimes when I pray, I just download, thank you, God, and I walk away. Sometimes when I pray, I hear or see words, and I follow the thread, and I go, oh, okay, that's what you're wanting to do. Very rarely when I pray do I see things. But during the week, I saw something. Now, you people that are Android people, I don't know if this happens on your phone. I'm sorry if it doesn't, and what I'm saying means nothing to you. But on the iPhone, when you follow, when people share their location with you, who knows what I'm talking about, you know, and when your children are who knows where and you just want to make sure they're still alive, you know, and you go on to find my, I don't do that much anymore because they're old, but it's still good to know where they are when they're running late. Oh, they're on the way. Oh, they'll be 15 minutes late, Tim Taylor. No, how could I say that out loud? We love you, Tim. Anyway, I had this, I had this picture because there's a live aspect to find my phone, right? When you're following people and you bring it up and their location when you brought it up last time was over there and then all of a sudden, zip, they moved to here. Yeah? Who knows what I'm talking about? You know. So I was praying and God showed me that screen and there was a dot somewhere over there and he just moved it straight there, straight to where it needed to be and he said, it's okay Mel, I've got it. You know, God is so involved, so intimately involved and wants to be so intimately involved in our lives. And he is sovereign and he, he is sovereign and he brings about the pieces of our lives and he puts them into the right place. And the book of Ruth is all about the sovereignty and the providence of God. And how it's not only, but it's not only him it's also us. We are co-workers with him. If you have been reading along with us through chapter 1, 2, 3 and 4, you will notice that Ruth and Naomi didn't just sit down and wait for God to move, did they? They were so involved. 
So there's this co-laboring thing. But at the end of the day, we need to know that if we have put Jesus, if we have put God first in our lives, he's going to bring all the pieces together and put them in the right place. So be encouraged today. As you walk into 2024, God is moving in your life. And he is looking after you. So we're finishing today by starting where we left off last two weeks ago at the end of chapter 3. And if you weren't here, just a quick little wrap-up. In chapter 3, Ruth pretty much throws herself at Boaz. He goes, wow, hello, what are you doing at my feet? And, um, and then he tells her, I want to help you. But, but there's a relative who is more closely related to you than I am, and he has the first option to help you. If he won't help you, I will. This is basically what he says. And Naomi, because Naomi had to sell, Naomi's the mother-in-law, she had to sell her husband Elimelech's land, and the custom was that the closest relative had first dibs on buying the land because they wanted to keep it in the family. Now, if the closest relative didn't want the land, the next closest could buy it, and then so on. So, Boaz and Ruth, get my names right today, Boaz and Ruth, Boaz sends Ruth back to Naomi with food, smart man, and when Ruth meets Naomi, she tells her everything that had happened, and this is what Naomi says. It's the last verse of chapter 3. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. My first point this morning is wait until. At the end of chapter 3, Ruth and Naomi find themselves in a place that many of us find ourselves in. Sometimes for hours, like them, sometimes for days, and sometimes for years. They had done all they could, and now they had to wait to find out what was going to happen. That happens with us regularly. A lot of us have done a rat test, right? Never heard of them until 2020. But you have to do the thing, and then you have to wait oh, I have COVID, or oh, I don't have COVID. It happens when we go to the doctor and they say, I need you to do some tests, and we wait until. You go for a job interview, and you have to wait until, hopefully, please, Lord, they get back to you and say, yes, you got that job. Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. But, you know, there are other times that we have to wait. Well, it's not what we want to do. Has anyone ever had to wait and not wanted to wait? I have. Quite frankly, there are times I don't want to. I want to know now. I want to understand now. I actually want a guarantee now. I want this settled now. I want this all wrapped up in a nice bow now. I want the pieces moved into place now. I do not want to wait now, in our story, Ruth 
goes back to Naomi and tells her all that Boaz said. And she says to Naomi, there's someone else that's closer. He's a closer relative, so he's going to get first dibs on the land and me. How does that feel, women? I'm sure she was anxious. She wanted Boaz to be the man. She didn't want this other guy. And Naomi, in her wisdom, said this to Ruth. She said, wait. She told her to wait. She told her to not run ahead of herself. She told her to not let her mind go down all the rabbit trails. Anyone? She told her to not allow herself to be stressed, but to wait and see what was going to happen because God will provide. God will provide. When the situation is out of our control, in other words, we haven't just thrown up our hands and said, well, God, if God wants it to happen, it will happen. No, we've done all we can do, just like she did, just like Naomi did. We wait until. We wait because, just like God was working on Ruth's behalf, God is working on our behalf. And he wants to move the pieces into the right place. So his purpose is fulfilled in us and through us. Have you given up and aborted the plan? That's my question to you today. Have you grown weary and decided it's not going to happen? Have you done that? Look, sometimes things are finished and they have to finish and there has to be a full stop. But sometimes we put a full stop where there should not be a full stop. I believe that there's a spirit of faith to keep going here today. A spirit of faith to keep going. To be imparted even right now as you sit in your seat. I believe there's a spirit of faith to be imparted to you to keep going. To keep waiting. You know, 1 Corinthians tells us to not judge a matter before the time. What have you judged as being over that you need to wait until God's providence and plan is outworked? Some of you have judged a situation before the time and decided it's not going to happen. Wait until. When you get up tomorrow, when you get up the next day and you're tempted... If God hasn't said stop, you keep waiting until, until. The scripture goes on to say, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. God will not rest until the matter is settled. Today in that, in there actually can mean day and night, as in the difference between day and night. It can mean a 24-hour period or it can mean a period of time. God will not rest until that matter is settled at the right time. At the right time. I love holding babies that were told that they would not exist. And we have a lot of those. We have married couples who have, you know, done 15 or more IVF. Just... Wow. And I've held babies. And I've said, God wanted you here. God wanted you here. 
wait until they could have they could have stopped but they didn't so chapter 4 do we have time to read chapter 4 let's give it a whirl you guys read with me meanwhile Boaz went up to the town gate and sat down there just as the guardian redeemer he had mentioned came along Boaz said come over here my friend and sit down so he went over and sat down Boaz took 10 of the elders of the town and said, sit here. And so they did. Then he said to the guardian redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling a piece of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me. So I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, for I'm the next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you will also acquire Ruth, the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this, the guardian redeemer said, well, mm, then I can't redeem it, because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself, I cannot do it. Now, in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and the transfer of property to become final, one party took off his Birkenstock. Now, I just want to know, why have we stopped this and gave it to the other? I mean, and also, just as a point, as a side issue, did they get the Birkenstock back? Or were there men just walking around with one sandal all the way through Israel? How strange, very strange. Sorry, back to the Bible. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. No handshakes there. So the guardian redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today you are my witness that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Amalek, Kilion, and Malon. I also have acquired Ruth the Moabite, Marlon's widow as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are my witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Epirah, whatever, and be famous in Bethlehem. Yes, Amen. Though the offspring of the Lord gives you by this, through the offspring of, through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, "Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer." May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living said, Naomi has a son and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And then goes going on about that. My first point is wait until. My second point is God will provide. 
Boaz wanted to buy Naomi's land. He wanted Ruth as his wife. But he was so wise in the way he went about making it happen. Did you notice that? He went to the man, whose name we don't know, and offered him first right of buying the land. He invited him to sit at the city gates, which is like the council chamber or the court, the courts, like the courtroom. He explained the situation, but he brought it up as a matter of, hey, would you like to buy some land? And the guy said, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want more property? And then he went, well, actually, now that you're interested, if you buy the land, you also have to take Ruth the Moabite. It's a package deal. And the guy said, ah, right, okay, well, maybe not. Verse 5 and 6 says, on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite. And then the guy said, I can't redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You do it. It was too much. He'd have to marry a Moabite. Jews were not allowed to do that. He'd have to possibly take a second wife home. How would that go down? Any future children that Ruth and this guy had, there'd there'd be all sorts of inheritance possible issues. So he backed out. So they exchanged the sandals and then Boaz announces that he's taking, the pro- he's taking it. This story, he's taking the land, he's going to marry Ruth. This story has a happy ending, which we will finish on. But and there are so many things in Ruth that we've looked at. But what we've just talked about right here is one of the most important messages of the book of Ruth, and that is that the story of Ruth is the story of all followers of Jesus. It's actually your story and my story. Ruth and Naomi were struggling and in need of help. Naomi made a very bad decision in her past, but then she met because she walked away from God. Well, her and her husband walked away from God. Maybe it wasn't her. Maybe she just followed her husband. And she needed help. She needed a way back. And she made a very good decision by coming back. But the closest relative who could have redeemed Ruth and therefore Naomi rejected them. It was too messy and too much for him. And you may be here today and think, my life is too messy. I'm too much. I've done too much. I've made too many mistakes. I'm from the wrong crowd. I don't fit in. I'm disqualified because, and you have your list, because Ruth was actually disqualified because she was a Moabite. The story of Ruth is that in Jesus Christ, every human on the planet has a kinsman redeemer who didn't just take off his sandal. He laid down his life to buy us back from living a life without him. Ruth needed a redeemer. We need a redeemer. A redeemer came from Bethlehem to save Ruth. A redeemer came from Bethlehem to save us. And that right there is what the Bible calls the gospel. Tim Keller, great theologian, describes the gospel as this. Because of the gospel, we understand that we are more sinful 
and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. But at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever hoped. We don't deserve it. But we have access to the amazing grace of God. All we have to do is turn around like Naomi did and walk back, walk to and ask God to forgive us. As followers of Christ, we should never take for granted what he's done. Never take for granted the love of God. The fact that we can stand. I mean, I just am so thankful for the love of God for a start. Anyone else? Anyone had the love of God touch them and just change their world? Yes. I am thankful that I don't have to carry guilt. I mean, how amazing is the grace of God? And the last point is this, put God first and he can turn any mess around. The book of Ruth is a story about love, loss, loyalty, redemption. And it has a happy ending. I mean, who doesn't love a happy ending? I love a happy ending. My mum refuses to watch movies or read books unless they have a happy ending. At the end of chapter 4, Boaz and Ruth get married and they have a son. Back in chapter 1, Ruth, it looked like Ruth was giving up on her best chance of getting married and having children when she left Moab and said, Noemi, I'm with you. Wherever you go, I'm going. Your people are going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. It looked like she was giving up on her best shot and having a a happy ending. But she put God first and he was able to turn everything around because he's able to turn everything around as we put him first. I remember standing outside and you will have heard, some of you will have heard me say this, standing outside a nightclub and going, oh God, but really? I know I'm far away from you and, and I, just, I just don't know if I want to give up all of this stuff that I think is making my life, well, I really knew it wasn't making my life any, any better. But I got to the point where I thought, no, I know. I know the truth. I know that it is God, it is only God who can turn any mess around. And I, you know, I have just seen the grace of God fix messes that I have made over and over and over again. I know there are other people in this room that could say the same thing. And we can't forget Naomi either. In Ruth chapter 1, she said this. She said that God had dealt very bitterly with her brought her home empty. Little did she know that as she returned 
to God. He was going to bless her. And bless her, he did. I mean, we just read about it. She went from no husband, no sons, to a grandson. He can do that for you too. If you're sitting here today and you think, oh God, my life is just, wow, how did I get here? If you just continually keep saying, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to do, I'm going to co-labor with you and we're getting out of this mess. We're getting out of it. You and me together. I mean, you're going to move all the pieces, but I'm going to cooperate with you. And of course, Ruth had the child who was Obed, who had a son called Jesse. Jesse had a son called David. From that line came our kinsman redeemer, Jesus. Thank you, God. So, wait until... provide and put him first and we'll turn any mess around as you go into your week this week you can be confident that God is working things out according to his great plan really? really he is working things out in your world, according to his great plan. As you work with him, as you cooperate with him, he's bringing the pieces into the right place. Don't lose hope. Maybe you're here today and you've never, actually, you've never asked him to come into your life. You've never asked him, Jesus, to be your saviour your Redeemer. Redeemer is actually just a saviour. I want to give you the opportunity to do that today if you are with us here or if you're online with us today. The way that we're going to do it is we're going to pray together and we're going to ask you to pray along with us to make it your prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth, for dying for my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. I choose to live for you today and moving forward. I thank you that today saved thanks for listening we hope to see you in church again this weekend to find out more about our church find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au